I'm Dawn. And I'm Tracy. And we are Real Women. So, hello, Dawn. Good morning. How are we? We're good, Jack. It's been a few weeks since we've recorded because we've both been busy doing things. And this is kind of the crux of our podcast, really. It's the life behind... The business. It's the life behind business. And and, and we've both been um, serendipitously uh, flipping full on, actually, trying yeah. to with one or another. Flipping full on. And we were just talking before we actually came on and started recording today's episode about, you know, little bits of overwhelm creeping in, which we're managing... But we're on that cusp, aren't we, of going into complete ah, and staying yeah. sane. And staying sane. So, you know, I think I've come over the overwhelm thing to the point where I've let let it go. Uh, last week was a good week. A lot of decisions were made last week. A lot of the bit, you know, the little bit, the little tidbits that you yeah. get. So I've now lost the will and don't care. <laughs> Well, no, I do care. Do no, care. I, I do yeah. care. Of course, I care. But I've let, I've let, I've let it go. Just like it'll be what it'll be. That's it. Yeah, and sometimes you know, very few things are ever perfect. You know, all we can do no, is perfect. This no, is, yeah. Point. But you, if you want to achieve something, you got to start with something. Yeah, you got to, you got to start because when you start. You know, the the first go might not be so brilliant. The next go will be a little bit better and things get closer to your ideal of perfection once you've started. If you don't start, it can't be anywhere near your idea of perfection, can it? Oh, and then the reality is with anything, um, the testing of how good it is cannot physically happen until you launch or you get it out there. And actually, it's that initial period where where you test. So even if you thought it was perfect, it might not be. Might not be. Still got to keep going back. And the marvelous thing about the digital era that we have is, you know, like with the book, for example, I don't have to get X amount of books pre-printed, and once it's printed, it's done. The marvelous thing about the digital process with Amazon and stuff. If in three weeks after it comes out, we need to tweak some words on the cover or on the blurb, or it's digitally done. It, it, it's, it's all digital. Done. So and with you, like you're launching your course, like it's not going to be till that marketing rolls out. All of, and and in the testing period, which isn't till after you've launched for anything that we do, it's very easy to it's very easy to tweak. It is. So that's good because today is not about perfection, but it, it. I think we will be bringing a caffeine cast around perfection and things like that. Today um, is the first in a series of three podcasts we're going to be doing all about Dawn's venture into being an author. And I'm so excited because it's, you know, November the 20th is effectively the launch date. Um, so the three episodes we're going to bring you, they're not necessarily going to be back to back, but we're, we're doing an episode around the book, what's in the book, because, you know, this is about life, guys. Dawn's written about life. We're going to do an episode where we will bring you one of the chapters of the book. 
and we're going to do an episode for all of those of you out there that have ever thought of becoming an author. We're going to bring you an episode about the life behind actually taking that journey using Dawn's example. So you are about to launch. It's getting really exciting. And today we're here to talk about the first in what is five books in the series, The Glory of Being Ordinary. And this first book is called The Indomitable Spirit. And today we're going to talk about, you know, what's it all mean? What is this indomitable spirit and what's the book all about? So um, obviously I shot myself in the foot terribly. (laughs) Actually, to be fair, talking to other people who've gone through this process, actually it's more common than what I realised. So I've always wanted to, to be an author ever since I was a child. It's been, it's kind of one of my dream jobs, if it would be. But of course you grow up and you have kids and you fulfil opportunities that come your way. And regardless of whether that is successful or not, like we've, uh, you know, I mean, I doubt when you were a little girl, you thought, I want to be a property tycoon. I mean, you might have been, you might have thought that. But very often, I think we just fall into things. And 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 we, we even if we're successful at it, we haven't done it because we followed a heart's desire. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, when I was younger, I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be all creative. And I did go off and do graphic design, but couldn't, couldn't get a job because once I'd qualified, we were in a recession. And I ended up in IT. So I ended up taking a career that was management of IT divisions that was nothing to do with my childhood dream of actually being an artist. So um, I think I've probably started, and you know me, I'm quite instinctive. It's like, I don't stress myself. Anything creative, I, I think it'll come when it'll come and the right time will be the right time. And so I've probably started writing a book 50 times in my adult lifetime but you don't kind of the flow didn't ever come and and I'm oh put it back it's okay it'll come when it'll come over the last couple of years our family have buried seven people wow uh, close friends and and immediate family you know brothers sisters mums you know dads my mentor of 20 like some some close people and I think the sentence that probably kept that is there's nothing like death to remind us of life absolutely and you know we're not here just waiting for that inevitable end live it but it does death does remind you about life and it was after my mum died I started kind of well not straight away it was some months later but you know it was it was going through that process and I just started writing and 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 that's what I do I pick up the laptop and I write when I fancy it and it just started to flow um and I happen to know an editor somebody Martin he's in my uh, martial arts community actually so I called him and said okay I've started a book it's flowing I'm going to need an editor what was fantastic about that first conversation that I had with him was he started off by asking why was I writing it and it was very clear from the absolute get-go that I was actually writing it for myself it was about me writing because I love words be it talking talking or written is my creative expression so I do sometimes I write a bit of poetry or you know it's just my expression we I think we all need a creative outlet or an outlet 
Um, and so it was very clear from the beginning, I was writing it for myself, which was a good start point because obviously everybody manages your expectation that you're never going to yeah. make any money out of a book. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so it became this little personal project and he then created a structure for my book and I threw it out the window within about three minutes. And it's not because it wasn't a good structure, but what I got very curious about and got a lot of joy out of was a little human experiment. What if I throw the structure out entirely, don't have a, a hard line concept of my book, I was curious about what my heart would produce. Isn't it funny? Because that's what we did with this podcast. We went, fuck it, let's just play. Let's just play. So, so, but then because, so great, right? And and, and it was giving me lots of joy. And it starts, it, it, I, the, the introduction actually I wrote quite early and it was about this curiosity. It was about, I think because, you know, I've, I'm at the age where, I am, and we start to reflect and become aware of our mortality. It was, it was a deconstruction initially of why do I think how I do? What what is it? If I deconstruct that, if I prosecute my perspective, and and why do I think differently from lots of other people who I who I interact with? Um, why don't I have a relationship with some of those emotions? Why do I have a relationship with some of those other emotions? That, you know, And so the initial experiment or curiosity um, was to deconstruct myself a little bit, to, to understand why my, my, my perspective, where, where did my perspective come from and how much has it cost me and how much has it profited? And I don't mean that particularly in monetary uh, uh, terms um, and then the curiosity was I just made that up as I, I went along and, and what was really interesting for me is there were some key themes that just organically came out and one of them was self-approval or self-validation which is the shittiest sentence ever what's your book about darling self-validation no it sounds shit doesn't it so I can't <laughs> say that <laughs> But what but, do you what do you mean by self validation, Dawn? Right. Not not making decisions based on the approval of other people, and then you know me as well as anybody does. You know my kind of mantras: listen to your belly, listen to your heart. And although my trust in myself and having faith in myself came from demons, really, and and bad shit and adversity where the magic is in that is I think in a world where we have so much noise now, yeah. we've lost that ability to trust ourselves. I get that. That's really cool. Cause you're right in this digital world, there is so much noise that I'm, I'm, I'm not sure many of us can hear our own voice. And that's what my book's about. Wow. So it's all about not being able to hear your own voice in a world that's full of noise, that's full of other people's opinion. But actually, the world today, unlike maybe when you and I were growing up, the world is more approving 
there's less rules in the world, I believe, so that, you know, for people who are, I don't know, starting their journey in business or life today, they can listen to their own voice if they tune into it because there, there is less rules out there now. Right. I think where the if comes in is because simultaneously to, uh, and they're probably related actually, but simultaneously to this absolute never been as many possibilities possible for ordinary people before, simultaneous to that, we have created social media. And that's, and I don't think that social media has caused our need for approval. I think it's exposed our need for approval. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Therefore, because it's an innate human. But if you go back again, sort of, you know, to social rules and how we survive and, and psychology, those, we, we, human beings have survived because we we've worked together and people who are outside of that kind of approval group uh you know or or mm, include or who are, who are not included in the main uh in the caveman days were less likely to survive because we need each other to survive yeah and that premise has never evolved we still it's part of human human survival that we've collaborated and worked together and in order to work together there has to be some approval of one in it one another and, and of making social decisions and things like this so i think it's a real deep psychology need that we all need based back on raw survival <clears throat> but of course we're not we're not in the caveman days anymore we don't need you know you know but even that saying that look at through covid how many people were affected mentally because the lack of connection with other human yeah. beings. It's fucking vital, I think. And we could have a whole psycho psychological conversation about that to kind of pick at that. And then with social media, what that does is it, 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 it we, we call it vanity metrics. We, we, there are people who have committed suicide because they don't get enough likes. I'm being a bit dramatic there. Uh, but it is true. And some of them are, are young, young adults, you know, still finishing off their senior years of school. Yeah. I mean, I was at a retreat a couple of weeks ago and there was a lady, and this lady is really capable, Tracy. Like, we're not talking about somebody who is, who's a, 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 a really strong, really independent, really capable. And in her previous business called out something online quite rightfully to do with children's safety uh, of, of, of the industry that she was in and her competitors absolutely cyber bullied her to a hold that she sold her business it really affected um so so i don't think that social media has caused this need for approval but what it's done is, is it, it has exposed it and it's promoted how you know we've we, we've now become hooked now we seek that we actively seek that approval another example that i would use is <clears throat> children when people have children so when i first had my babies they're in there well they're oh i think sam's 36 or 37 and danielle's either 37 or 38 one or the other so when i had my first children there was no google no internet and therefore, when we gave birth, and of course, nobody knows what the hell they're doing when they first give birth, 
we didn't have Google to ask every question. No. With the older generation and we had our instincts, that was it. And the thing is, I think that instinct is still there. I mean, if you take the example you've just given, we've got Google, we've got loads of ways of searching, loads of shit, fact-checking everything, you know, you know I love fact-checking, but the root of it is, is not everything on that platform is factually correct, but you take... And even if it is factually, it may be somebody's opinion. It's somebody's opinion, yeah. That not fit you. But what I've observed is, particularly, I mean, now I've got grandchildren and that generation who are having children... Uh, you're right, their instinct is there, but it's less fine-tuned because we now pick up our phone and Google everything. Therefore, we're not listening to We're ourselves. not listening to ourselves. And the other thing is, if you take the example of motherhood, and I know we talked about this um, after your son's partner gave birth, and I've seen it with other people, we've got everything on Google, but instinctively, a new mother, a new mum... She wants to pick up the phone to her mum. She wants to check. And yeah, I, I've witnessed this. Is, there's a, yeah, it's a feat. You know, it's part of a female thing. If we go back to that caveman day, the men were out hunting. The women were gathering berries together. They were raising the children together. And a, a, a female's instinctive nature was, you know, there was no Google back then. They wrote it on stones. It took six weeks to get the answer. Um, but effectively, they went into the community and they... The, the people that were already experienced mums would be helping the ones that were new mums and the new mums would go and speak to another female in that tribe, in that group. And I think we still have that today in the sense that even though we've got all this info on our fingertips, many of us will still call a friend, we'll still check what we're thinking with somebody else, we'll we'll phone up our parents if they're still and say, oh, what do you think? Is this the right thing to do? So if we agree on that basic concept, let's say, um, and we've got all of this information at our fingertips and we have, you know, access to everything in the world, why, Tracy, are people doubting themselves as much as they do? I think it's I think it's inane within us. So if we, we if we look at some of our core values, which effectively you know the more i think about it the more that's all part of our indomitable spirit when we can actually step out of that comfort zone and do something regardless but if we look at core things you know as human beings and i think this was from an anthony robbins thing and he probably got it from somebody else you know there are many of us what have the need to be loved there are many of us that need um recognition and approval there are many of us want to be good enough and many feel they're not good enough and when you look at all of those and you bring in what you say this social media hasn't brought this in it's actually highlighted what we already had you know if you think about this vanity metrics you know the more likes you get that means oh, I, I, I must you know I must there must be part of me that's good because I'm getting likes and these people must love me because they're giving me loves and they're responding and um you know I, they're, they're adding comments and now I'm getting their approval so I think I think you're absolutely right those inane core 
things we have within us as humans are in a lot of way at the same time being both fed and attacked by the modern society of social media. So my mission at this point, because it's turned into a bit of a mission because there's a whole other kind of avalanche of things that happened as I started writing my book. But my mission really is not to disagree that we would like validation, but to be able to function without it. I love that. Um, And that's kind of the crux of my book, I guess. And and so then I thought, oh, this is this will be fun. Uh, Expert empires, Nick James. has a you know massive event twice a year then i thought oh wouldn't it be cool to launch my book from a big stage <laughs> <laughs> that was a funny conversation because i'd done the first draft of the first chapter didn't know what my book was about and you know nick he's very uh, outcome driven and very you know and it was like what's your book about dawn uh, i don't know why <laughs> I can tell you it's not about martial arts and it's not a business book. And I think, you know, but but as we know, anybody who even thinks about running a business, perspective, mindset, without that, you can have the greatest business idea on the planet. You can be in the greatest relationship in the planet. But if your mindset's not right, it doesn't work, right? So. So we agreed that that it would be okay, but it was quite a funny conversation because he's letting me loose on his stage. Bear in mind, people like Grant Cardone, Stephen Bartlett, Joe Wicks. This year, it's Mo Gordit, Fern Cotton. I mean, it's not like little people are on the stage, right? And so it's quite, it amuses me, the the audaciousness of myself to um, presume. And this is where it's on brand, Tracy, if we want to be commercial. The audaciousness of thinking that somebody that's never written a book before can be audacious enough to decide to get on a big stage with world-renowned speakers and pronounce herself as an author became very curiously and it was it amused me. And then what happened was the mission kind of kicked in because I thought how many people are unfulfilled bear in mind we've just buried a load of people how many people die with regrets because they were unfulfilled because they didn't get enough self-validation enough confidence within them to play at doing things that fulfill them let me take all the risks let me put i wonder what would happen if i put myself in the most public risky uncertain circumstance that potentially i could fall flat on my face for five years because now i'm speaking for five years so hence why there's five books coming out if i did that and that without risk other i'm not asking anybody else to do it but if i put myself in that in 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 as much public risky situation and you just observed would that inspire somebody to do some stuff in their life, which means that when their last 24 hours comes, they've 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 insured against the liability of dying with regret? Oh, I love that. That's 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 where I am. So started writing the book. Um 
And it's it's definitely not a memoir, definitely not. However, it was a prosecution of my perspective. This is my mindset book. This is how I see the world. The reason why it's called The Glory of Being Ordinary, there's obviously some irony in that because nobody's really ordinary. But if we can, if we can, if we can just be in agreement that the average ordinary person is perhaps somebody who um, lives in a normal house with a normal car, they can afford the normal things, they've got a family, they don't own a yacht, they're not multi-millionaires, they haven't won a Grammy, they're, they're not, so they're not famous, they're not ridiculously wealthy, um, they're just ordinary people doing their best, living their life, you know, raising their family, going to work. So when I use the word ordinary, it's that demographic, for want of a better description. And it makes me sad to my heart that ordinary people don't see how fucking glorious they are and it actually really makes me cross and I think I think if I can if I can put in some books how I see ordinary people maybe they will see that in themselves too yeah and that's so beautiful and it's quite funny because I think everybody has an element of gloriousness within them all of us it's just it's back to that you don't need other people's validation or recognition to let that gloriousness shine let it shine just for yourself even if nobody else gets to witness it what was really interesting tracy is going through this process of writing a book bear in mind i didn't map out and plot or have this uh you know five paths to a regret-free life, like, you know, or five pillars to fucking positivity and regret-free life. That that isn't what happened. But but what I, it was literally a deconstruction of how I think of things. So it's not a memoir, but there are there are pockets and aspects of my life to give context as to why I have the perspective I do. Yeah. You're not a memoir. And actually what was really interesting about this book and going through the writing process, it became my story became irrelevant because what sort of started to seep out is we we all have adversity, challenges, belief systems, beliefs that we've inherited, beliefs that have been certified by our experience. And it's almost irrelevant what the details of those things are. It all leads to how we then how we then limit ourselves or not. The catalysts, aren't they? Our experiences, as well as being our memories, in a way, the catalyst to what we do and how we react to things that impact us, good or bad. And what I really loved about it conceptually is, actually, this book isn't about me, it's about us all, it's about you, it's about the reader. What was interesting as well in the first draft that I did, because I'd got some kind of, you know, upfront readers that, that and I, I deliberately picked people that that didn't know me because uh, then you have it, you've got that slightly less bias. If you yeah, like. I'm still waiting for my copy. No, when I kept saying I was <laughs> an email you and forgot, but um, mm-hmm. um, what was interesting is that I went through this journey when I was writing it. So the first draft, 
had a lot less about me in. And actually, conclusively, the feedback was that they needed more context. Yeah. Because I really love this. It became, I was writing it for myself, but it became about the reader. It was it was you asking yourself these questions and coming up with your... So this absolutely isn't a self-help book that tells you anything. What this book is, is something that that provokes questions for you to come up with your own. I want to hear your heart. So this is my heart. These are, this is my perspective. This is how I see people. This is how I see the world of possibility. This is how passionate I am about people not getting to their last 24 hours and having a heavy heart of regret. And if you read this book and that that provokes you to ask yourself some questions to come up with your version, that's the sweet spot for me. I don't even care if you don't like it. In fact, there's a part of me that thinks that maybe some of this stuff is uncomfortable, but I, I, I just loved that ability to be able to write a book in an expressive way that's about the reader not about me even though i wrote the book for me that may i understand that there's some complexity and and potential hypocrisy i guess but honestly that's exactly what happened and with the second draft i had to i didn't change it much but i had to inject a little bit more context so that it it sort of so and and actually now it's polished I, i love it Um, And some people will need context because this is, you know, if people use the book, if you are sort of sound to have intended it to be, which is this is inspiration for you to ask these questions of your own life, that many people will need the context as an example of what am I meant to be putting down here? What is this bit about? The overriding, I think, I think the results of the book. So, you know, we've, we've sort of talked about, listening to your heart, listening to your belly, self-validation, that sort of thing. The result of the book, ultimately for me, is I would like us all to not get to our deathbed full of regret. That's what I would really like. That's my little mission for this book. And actually to bring out that indomitable spirit and utilise it during your life. Well... That was a funny one and because initially it was literally just called The Glory of Being Ordinary. And, you know, my husband, I give him a headache. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, generally in life, he lets me get on with my shenanigans, has no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. And actually, because it gives him a headache, has little interest as well. He never clips my wings. I can have time. I can have money. I can please myself. But generally give him a headache. Anyway, we were out having dinner. And uh, I'd, I'd, he knew I was writing the book, uh, but hadn't really, we hadn't discussed it. And uh, he, he knew I was speaking on a stage in November, hadn't really taken any notice of what a big deal that was. Anyway, we were out, this is in the summer, we were out having dinner. And um, I said to him, right, so I'm speaking on a stage in November. If, like, you know me better than anybody else on the planet, H, obviously my husband. Um, if you were to tell me what I should talk about in front of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who are entrepreneurs and business people, but what would be me? What should I talk to them about? And rather than telling, normally I'd expect him to, oh, what are you asking me for, Dawn? Because you'll do your own thing. And normally he would say something like that. 
uh, and I've written about this in the book. Um, he didn't. He started, he put his fork and knife down and he started thinking and I thought, oh, oh he hasn't told me to bugger off. He's, he's thinking about what his answer is. Tracy, I cried my eyes out, right, because it was beautiful what he said. Firstly, he said, you should talk about having an indomitable spirit. I, I mean, I nearly fell off my chair because I don't think I've ever... I don't think I've ever said that word before and I'm a word person. So I don't know where he pulled that word from. He said, you should talk about having an indomitable spirit. He said, you are, I might cry at this point because it's still emotional, right? Oh. He said, you are the bravest, most fearless person that I know. And he went on to, he went on to describe how he sees me and what, what, what was, Touching. He said, for 30 years, Dawn, I've been telling you that your mouth's going to get you in trouble at some point. <laughs> and he said, and it doesn't, failure doesn't seem to occur to you. It just doesn't seem to occur to you. Anyway, he gave this beautiful speech, and I've, 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 I've written it in the book because it, it was important. And... And he said, and at this point, I think I was about chapter six, chapter seven, some, maybe chapter five. Some, I was halfway through it. And um, and he said, so that you should talk about indomitability, because if more people were like that, it would be a better world. And what was incredible was I said to him, bloody hell, H, that's what I'm writing about. But I haven't named it that. So after that, I had to title the book Indomitable Spirit. I had to. Yeah. And, and actually, and it, it means unstoppable. That's, that's what it means. But the result of lifting limitations of possibility, having the, mind stop of un, the, the mindset of unstoppability results in a regret-free life. And so the, the living regret-free is the result of that mindset. So the series is called The Glory of Being Ordinary. I've now had to call the first one Indomitable Spirit. And the tagline is A No-Nonsense Guide to Regret-Free Living. Oh, brilliant. And, um, yeah, can't wait. It's out. It launches on the 20th of November. Yeah, we've it got launch before that we uh, uh, we've got that launch day because of the event but i think it i think it'll be available just before that but obviously i can up update yeah that we can update that and um as i said we're bringing uh two more episodes in our podcast around the book uh one is going to be uh your very own audible chapter so we're going to bring uh, an audible uh, not the actual audible but an audio chapter to our podcast and um we're going to book the trend because we're going to use our indomitable spirit and not bring you chapter 1 we're going to bring you chapter 4 which is entitled fuck you oh, oh, you're right. oh sorry <laughs> i was waiting for dawn to give me the title Fuck you. Yeah. Chapter four is actually called Fuck You. 
So, so, yeah. so we'll bring you a chapter. So you, you, you know, we'll bring that on our podcast. And we're also for those that are hankering, you know, if part of your indomitable spirit is to be an author, we're going to bring an episode all around the process of writing a book for the first time, utilizing Dawn's experience. So, um, and yeah. just to be clear, like I, the, there's no upsell, there's no book course, no. there's no nothing going on here. But what has been, um, I, I, if I, I think it would be nice to share the whole process, um, because it was it's writing the book was the easy bit. But um, you know, lessons. If you if you listen to what people have done before you, it makes it an easier journey sometimes. Well, always really. So yeah. yeah. I'd love to sort of just share that experience. I've got some great people that I can recommend. There are several different in terms of, you know, the direction that I went, but there are choices there. So yeah, that 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 would be a good thing. Yeah. Because again, when it comes to these things, well, it, I, I, th- this is why I didn't start my own podcast and publishing a book is a similar thing because we Google it, we get 75 million sentences spewed at us and then we're overwhelmed. We don't know what the hell to do. Yeah, because we've got too many possibilities, yeah, too many thing. choices. So then we start to question the choices we're making. Exactly. Whereas uh, if you uh, read my book, it will give you some insight as to how to trust yourself, listen to your belly, listen to your heart. And um, and go be unstoppable. And you know what, Tracy? Where my money... I, I like to put my money where my mouth is. So some of my life rules are that intuitive, you know, uh, aspect. And then when I'd finished the book, there's actually a whole, there is actually a recipe there that I hadn't predetermined. So I'm like, well, um, obviously you can imagine how pleased I was when I could tell myself I knew I was right. I know I'm always right. Like, look, look, I'm right again. (laughs) Oh, obviously. So obviously, this is the way to do it. Complete self-validation yeah. tip. But hey, what what a way to live, guys, knowing that if you want other people's input, it's there for you. But also you've got a voice within your own spirit that can give you the guidance and the route for you, which is cool. And as Dawn said, that we're not doing any sort of book sales. So over the next six weeks or so, we're going to wrap in these um, other two episodes around um, the book and becoming an author yourself. Um, and I'm really looking forward to being able to read the book because, you know, I haven't seen a draft of it. I'm waiting for it to come out when it's launched, just like you guys are. So Dawn, thank you very much for sharing with us. And um, yeah, guys, go out there as your ordinary selves um, in the definition of Dawn's word. And let's all go out there and find that voice that allows us to be unstoppable and spend our last 24 hours with our loved ones rather than regretting what we didn't do. And I love that. I think that's beautiful, Dawn. Yeah. It's quite emotional, actually. Yeah. So on that note, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. If you've enjoyed our conversation today, please subscribe and download the podcast. 
to share your thoughts on this episode or to suggest future topics, connect with us on Instagram at Real Women Podcast. And thank you for listening. Thank you.